Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark. Welcome. Seems like a week has not gone by, and I appreciate all of you tuning back in and sharing this program with all of your friends and relatives. Have people from over 20 countries now tuning in, and our numbers are growing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please share it on your uh, social media um, outlets or across your social media outlets, because the goal, as the title of this this radio program is or the station is the influencers channel and it's the art of significance achieving the level beyond success for those of you who have never tuned in welcome and it's a two-hour format where i just kind of use my passion creativity and imagination to invite friends of mine to join me on on the show and talk about what's important to them and how they're using their platforms to influence the world and it's that subliminal challenge every single week. And when you, uh, when you seek out my, my, my podcast on demand, the goal is to inspire one another, each of us, to influence the world, to change the world and make it a safer place. Over the weekend, I received the highest award given by the United States Air Force Recruiting Services Command. The first ever recipient was Bob Hope back in 1980 and Paul Harvey and Rudy Giuliani, Dallas Cowboys organization, uh, Reba McIntyre, Dolly Parton, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the, the Chicago Bulls. So I'm in good company and I'm humbled by this honor. They select one civilian every year. You can go to my website, danclark.com. And uh, read all about it. And actually, they videotaped my award presentation and my acceptance speech. We had a pretty good laugh. Anyway, I bring that up not to serve myself, but to keep my commitment to the United States military that in any circumstance and every day of my life, I will use my platforms, my books, my public speaking, my music, and especially this radio show to influence everyone within the sound of my voice to not only love our military and honor them and their families, but to realize the significant messages they teach us about the three core values that they subscribe to. In the United States Air Force, integrity, service before self, and excellence in all we do. My last book, it's called The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success. Obviously, that's where I took the, the, the name of this, this radio show from. And in it, I highlight what I call the 12 highest universal laws of life-changing leadership. And law number one, which is the highest law of the universe, is obviously obedience, because every other law and governing principle is predicated on our obedience. Law number 12, which serves as the other bookend law, had to be forgiveness. Because when we spend our lives 
in a state of anger or holding a grudge. It's as if we drink poison and expect the other person to die. So regardless of what we do in our lives and strive to obey and duplicate our systems of success and do all the things that we need to do in our professional and personal lives, if at the end of the day we hold a grudge or we don't have an open heart and an open mind and a sense of forgiveness because the same God who made you made me too, it's going to be a shallow day. It's going to be a, a sketchy life that we live. So because I'm a storyteller, in my book, The Art of Significance, I highlight two experiences that I've had with the military, helping everyone to understand that, yes, we have the hard power. We have to drop bombs. We have to shoot the bad guys and eliminate them from the face of the earth. Some people do not understand there is evil in the world. Can't just hug and sing kumbaya and believe that we're going to get along. We can't negotiate with terrorists. Their only negotiating chip, the only thing they understand is power, strength, force. And so we must meet force with force. You cannot win the heavyweight championship of the world by just going out in the middle of the boxing ring and thinking positively. It's like the guy who dreamed about being a heavyweight champion and He didn't think he had to work out. He didn't think he had to pay the price. And so he found himself a positive thinking trainer who scheduled his first fight. And wouldn't you know, it's it's against a huge, big, giant former champion. Round one starts, this guy goes out there, and this big guy starts beating the crap out of him. And pretty soon, blood's flowing from his nose. His eyes are swollen, and round one thankfully ends, and he staggers back to the corner, sits down on a stool, and he looks up at his positive-thinking trainer, and he says, how am I doing? And the trainer says, oh, man, just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep thinking positive. The guy hasn't even hit you yet. The boxer says, okay. Round two starts, ding, he goes out there, and the big guy starts where he left off, completely annihilates this guy's body and face. He's gushing with blood. He's swollen beyond belief, and he literally staggers and crawls back to the the corner after round two has ended. As he sits down on his stool, he looks up at his trainer, and again, he says, how am I doing? And the trainer says, oh, man, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep thinking positive. The guy hasn't even hit you yet. And the boxer says, okay, but could you keep an eye on the referee? Because somebody out there is beating the hell out of me. We have got to do more than just think positive. It's easier to act your way into positive thinking than it is to think your way into positive action. So we have to do something about our thoughts and feelings because if the things we think about and believe in are different than the things we do, we'll never be happy. We'll be a walking contradiction that no one will trust that we'll just wallow in our own misery and our own distrust. Why do I say that when I highlight the soft power of the military where we win the hearts and minds of the people so that when we finally kick out the bad guys and kill them if necessary, that there's a semblance of peace and love towards our fellow men and women. I share this story that I had an opportunity to actually witness, if you will, as this group of pilots shared this magnificent experience with my host when I was in Baghdad, Iraq, back in 2005 in my first trip downrange. And may I just share it as I've explained it or as I've chronicled it in my book, The Art of Significance, Law Number 12, Forgive 
instead of apologize. When forgiveness happens, even if only for a moment, it can bring about positive and unforeseen long-term ramifications. One evening during my speaking tour to the combat troops in Iraq was dining my escort, General Al Peck, who retired as a three-star as president and superintendent of Air University. At the time, he was a one-star, and he introduced me in every single one of my 23 speech speeches on 12 bases and out on the USS Harrius Truman Aircraft Carrier. We were connected at the hip as I had an opportunity to do my best to influence the lives of over 30,000 of our bravest men and women in uniform. So my escort was General Alpec and the base commander, Colonel Blair Hansen, and we were in the mess tent in Baghdad at Balad Air Base. An officer interrupted our dinner with the message that the leadership of the new Iraqi Air Force wanted to join us. Three Iraqi officers were shown to our table, and we embarked on a friendly discussion of the aircraft each of us flew. The Iraqi colonel flew a French-made Mirage, and the Iraqi major and captain each flew Russian MiGs. When General Peck and Colonel Hansen explained that they had been F-15 drivers, the two Iraqi MiG pilots grew excited and exclaimed that the F-15 was the world's most beautiful and best-engineered fighter jet. In fact, they explained that one day, while on a mission, they saw two F-15s and wanted to badly, they wanted so badly to get a closer look that they crossed into forbidden airspace in pursuit. Now, just to bring you up to speed, the restricted airspace was called Operation Northern Watch, which was a U.S.-European command combined task force charged with protecting the Kurdish people from being massacred by the Iraqi military under Saddam Hussein's regime. This required that the coalition forces enforce its own no-fly zone above the 36th parallel in Iraq. Its mission began on January 1, 1997. And for the first year of the mission, northern Iraq was quiet, with no combat between coalition aircraft and Iraqi forces. However, in December of 1998, Iraq announced that it would no longer recognize the no-fly zones and urged their troops and pilots to attack coalition aircraft. From December 1998 to March 1999, U.S. aircraft over northern Iraq came under almost daily fire from Iraqi surface-to-air missiles and anti-aircraft guns. U.S. aircraft responded by bombing Iraqi air defense sites, which fired on them. Despite Saddam Hussein offering a $14,000 reward for downing a coalition aircraft, no warplanes were ever shot down. The Iraqi pilots continued to tell their story, explaining their at blog in the mess hall. They continued to tell their story, explaining that before they could turn back, after they passed over after they passed over that restricted line airspace, before they could pass back over, excuse me, um, one of them had his cockpit warning start flashing and beeping, indicating he had been locked on by one of the F-15s. Boop, 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 big red flashing light. In other words, in a matter of seconds, he was going to be blown out of the sky. Because when that flashing and beeping starts, indicating that he'd been locked on by one of the F-15s, a heat-seeking air-to-air missile would be coming his way very, very soon. He told us he prayed, thought of his wife and children, and braced himself to die. 
However, for some reason, the F-15 pilot did not fire his missile, and the Iraqi pilots flew safely home. Just then, General Peck asked the Iraqis when this experience occurred. Obviously, they told him the exact day and time, and he smiled. Colonel Hansen, do you remember what happened to you and me on that day? Colonel Hansen looked at the Iraqi pilots, and he replied, yeah, of course I remember. He said, we were <clears throat> the two F-15 pilots. Sorry, I choked up. <clears throat> he said, yeah, I remember. We were the two F-15 pilots that you saw that day. After locking on, General Peck radioed that he didn't think you guys were causing any harm and asked me if I thought we should forgive your navigation mistake and let you off the hook. I agreed, and we let you go. The Iraqi pilots jumped to their feet and joyfully toasted Hansen and Peck for saving their lives, for allowing them to live. With hugs and handshakes, they showed us photos of their families as we agreed how great it was that, despite being brutal enemies only a few years before, we were now giving friends and brothers in arms, committed to building a better, free, and prosperous Iraq, void of the treacherous leadership of Saddam Hussein. I purposefully chose war as a backup for concluding this chapter on forgiveness in my book so that we may once and for all acknowledge the long-term negative ramifications and, general, and, and generational consequences that will occur if we refuse to forgive. Are there any moments in the course of the day when you have the opportunity to exercise forgiveness? If so, please take them, even these seemingly forgettable incidental gestures can make a difference beyond your wildest imagination and can literally, at the end of the day, save someone's life. What I want to do is I want to take a break in anticipation of my guests today, which I promise will guarantee, I promise and guarantee will blow your minds as we start digging deeper through our calloused opinions of why we have to sometimes go to war. And because we have these amazing, brave and courageous men and women who are willing to fight so we don't have to, we better acknowledge them and do everything in our power to use our influences of music, of writing books, of speaking in public, of having and hosting television and radio shows to support our military and get our voting citizens to 100% all of the time fund the military with everything that, that they desire. That's not putting aside the, the necessity to fund our education, to fund our health care. I'm not putting them aside or putting them in second or third place. I'm just reminding all of us that we've got to figure out a way to make sure that our, our country is safe and that freedom is ours to enjoy or we'll never ever have the educational system that we need. We'll never ever have the healthcare system that we need. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, the Influencers Channel. Let's go to a commercial break and we'll be right back. the stories be motivated be inspired join us today 
Voice America Influencers. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. You know, as I uh, shared that story of the two F-15 drivers, General Peck and now uh, General Blair Hansen, who's still in the saddle as an Air Force officer, I realized that in our lives, we still have an opportunity to assess how we're going to use our influence for good or for bad. And in any situation when I've interacted with any military man or woman in a leadership position, they've always tied into their conscience and done everything in their power to do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do. And because so many people out there still are bad-mouthing the military, it just bothers me. And so let me share something else that we all need to be aware of as far as our military's commitment to integrity, service before self, and 
and excellence in all we do, which are not three core values of the Air Force. They are three core values that every one of us need to subscribe to that just happen to be adopted by the United States Air Force. And you throw onto that pile the seven core values of the United States Army, loyalty, duty, respect, service before self, honor, integrity, and personal courage. That's a pretty good set of core values from which to... uh, to design our lives and, and, and create and form our own destiny. Because in that mantra, in that list of core values, the highlight for me is service before self. But the reminder from every general officer and enlisted leader in the United States Air Force, in my perspective, in, in my experience, is that without integrity, the rest of them don't matter at all. The rest of them don't even count. And integrity, in my mind, and by definition, is to just do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do, especially when no one is going to find out about it, especially when uh, no one's around. Well, there's a lot of folks that don't understand the soft power of winning the hearts and minds of the people that our military is so often overlooked for providing. When there's a hurricane, our National Guard and our, and our you know, active duty people in the military, they show up. Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Irma, the complete disaster in, in Haiti. It was the United States Air Force that set up the airfield. It was the United States Air Force that cruised in and started to coordinate all of the humanitarian efforts to help those beautiful people in Haiti as they had, had, had been dev- devastated decimated by the by by the the earthquake having said that one of the boards i sit on is called operation smile it's the humanitarian medical not for profit that specializes in in attracting volunteer plastic surgeons the best in the world and obviously uh, pediatric nurses critical care nurses anesthesiologists speech pathologists a few dentists and in a volunteer way, the Operation Smile missions are conducted across the globe 12 months out of the year. And because I ser- serve on their international board of governors, <clears throat> I was aware of one specific experience that allowed me to find out firsthand as an eyewitness to what the military is capable of doing and what they're willing to do to help our fellow men in need. May I just share this story from my book, The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success, and it's from law number 10, Establish Covenants, excuse me, law number 11, Establish Covenants instead of making commitments. For our discussion here, I want you to ask yourself, what is the definition of a commitment? Because all of our contractual agreements are formulated around our understanding of commitment. So by definition, a commitment is a two-way contract born out of suspicion. Are you with me? You make a list of your responsibilities. I will make a list of my responsibilities. I will hold you accountable. You will hold me accountable. If either one of us violates any one of those line item responsibilities, the contract is nil and void. So a commitment, by definition, is a two-way contract born out of suspicion And it's so easily to unravel when one or the other in our parties 
who have entered into the contractual agreement decide they don't want to honor it. Wow. We have a 50% divorce rate in America, 64% divorce rate in second marriages, 72% divorce rate in third marriages, 90% divorce rate in fourth marriages, which means a geographic relocation doesn't solve anything. As the country song says, no matter where you go, there you are. So at some point, we've got to figure out a way to understand that a commitment is just a principle of success that is debatable. It must be replaced by what I call the one of the 12 highest universal laws of life-changing leadership that is never debatable, that is irrefutable, called covenant. So a commitment's a two-way contract born out of suspicion. A covenant is a one-way promise born out of trust and love. So no matter what you do, no matter what you say to me, I will still be the same ethical, honest human being that lives by integrity, service before self, and a commitment to excellence in all I do. That's what the United States military and especially the United States Air Force means to me, and I want it to mean that to you. So put yourself in the perspective of me sitting in a board meeting, Operation Smile, in Beverly Hills, California. That's the backdrop. And here's the story. In affirming and validating covenant service, we must also be sure to show our support for all those truly significant individuals in civilian life who feel called to help people around the world in desperate need. Are you with me? I have seen such people in action as a member of the International Board of Governors of Operation Smile, a humanitarian organization whose plastic surgeons, as I said, and critical care pediatric nurses volunteer their time to perform cleft lip and, and palate surgeries, cleft lip and cleft palate surgeries on underprivileged needy children. And as of 2012, and I know the statistics are so different now, but as I was going on the air, I just wanted to dig up something that I had at my fingertips. As of 2012, we have operated on more than 160,000 children in 60 developing countries conducting over 100 missions a year. Service before self. May I interrupt and just challenge all of you within the sound of my voice. What are you doing to better your life, to make your life matter so you don't die with your music still in you? So people leave you saying, I like me best when I'm with you. I want to see you again. Well, I highly recommend getting involved with Operation Smile because for only $240, you can allow a child to go through a 45 to 60 minute surgery and turn his or her face that is usually a big giant, has usually a big giant hole in it, kind of a monster looking little child who's skinny and anemic because they can't hold down liquids, they can't hold down solid food, they've never kissed their mother goodnight. And for $240, you can change that child's life and their family and their village and their, 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 their world forever. The doctors and nurses of Operation Smile are so committed to service before self that they often travel into war-torn nations to, de- to deliver their medical miracles. Serving the wonderful and courageous Iraqi people is no exception. So, think about this. We had a plan to operate on 110 Iraqi children with severe facial deformities, including 29 under the age of two years old. But because of excessive security challenges and diplomatic red tape, it became impossible for our team to actually go into Baghdad. No worries. 
We simply organized a mission to transport the children with their parents, medical volunteers, and nine Iraqi doctors, that's 210 people total, across the desert in several buses on a 24-hour ride to Amman, Jordan. Are you with me? Halfway there, terrorist insurgents boarded the buses, screaming, pointing guns and knives, and demanding that anyone belonging to the rival religious faction be identified and dragged off the buses for execution. No one responded. Miraculously, 30 minutes later, the terrorists got off the buses without hurting anyone and disappeared into the night. The frightened Iraqi families and medical volunteers continued to Amman, Jordan, and within days, the 110 surgeries had been successfully completed. The story continues. All 210 people on this mission felt terrified at the idea of making the long bus ride home, and even the bus drivers refused to go. And suddenly that night, I received a phone call from my dear friend, Michael Nebaker, whose sister Susan was on this mission and had reported the details to him over the phone. Then Dr. Bill McGee, founder along with his wife, Kathy of Operation Smile, called to see if I could use my relationship with the U.S. Air Force to help. Ironically, that night, I was at Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery, Alabama, I had just spoken at the World Command Chiefs Conference for my friend and hero, Gerald Murray, the Command Chief Master Sergeant of the entire Air Force. And so I phoned him right after hanging up with Dr. McGee. It was 1130 at night, my friends. He had just dropped me off from dinner. Otherwise, I would have never phoned him that late at night. But I knew he had only been a 10-minute drive or 15-minute drive away, and he had to still be awake. After hanging up with Dr. McGee... I immediately sat down and just phoned Chief Murray. And knowing how important it is for the United States to win hearts and minds with soft power, Murray said he could get this thing done if we generated a sponsor letter from a senator or congressman. It's 11.30 p.m. Alabama time, and he just gave me the directions. Interesting. Senator John Warner, from a Republican from Virginia, and Congressman Trent Franks, a Democrat from Arizona, with the incredible support from my dear friend, Senator Orrin Hatch, Republican from my state here in Utah. Together, they composed the letter that Chief Murray asked them to compose and then hand-delivered it to Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld the very next morning. Chief Murray conferred with Air Force Chief of Staff General Michael Mosley, or T. Michael Mosley, I love this man, and within 24 hours sent two C-17 transport jets from Baghdad to Baghdad to Amman, Jordan, to rescue these 210 people. When they landed safely at the Baghdad International Airport, The families and medical volunteers walked down the stairs with their now beautiful babies and brand new smiles. They knelt down in thanksgiving to kiss the ground of their homeland and then stood to cheer and thank the military men and women who had loved them and unselfishly served them that day. The patients served by Operation Smile are frequently no less significant than the organization staff or the members of America's armed forces. Will you please keep this in mind as we proceed with this show? My whole point is 
We need to belong to something larger than ourselves. We need to use our God-given talents, regardless if we're writers and authors of books or songwriters, authors of songs and melodies using the 12 notes in music to change the world one song, one note, one word at a time. It doesn't matter what we do for a living or what our calling is. We need to be leaders without a title and expand our influence, our platform on which we currently stand across every part of our world because of service before self. My first guest on the show is a man whom I absolutely idolize and love with all of my heart. He's one of the most prolific songwriters in Nashville and in country music. I've had him on the show before. His name's Jimmy Yuri. I want to go to a commercial break, make sure everything's copacetic with him and the music. And when we come back, you're going to have an opportunity to have a, what we call a bluebird experience where Jimmy's going to talk about his life and when he discovered his God-given talent to write music. And we're going to talk about how he came up with the ideas for these hit songs, the story behind the song, and then we'll be privileged enough to hear the performance of his songs. This is Dan Clark. You're listening to voiceamerica.com, the influencers channel. And I sure hope you're going to cinch up your belt right now and hang in there with your family and friends to listen to my upcoming guest, Jimmy Yuri. We'll be back in a moment. stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. it's easy and best of all it's free start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top once you've created an account and signed in you can create your own custom library opt into our newsletter search by show host guest or topic of interest or browse millions of hours of content across all of our voice america radio channels membership gets you more visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste if you're an event meeting planner like me you have two ongoing challenges You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. Join Voice America Live at the Verisage Symposium in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, November 10th, 11th, and 12th from Allen, Texas. We'll start with the networking day and football game on Friday, followed by two incredible days of sessions filled with talks, meals, keynotes, and more. These are exclusive sessions that you can't miss. Join Ron Baker, Ed Kless, and the Voice America events team and visit voiceamerica.com slash live events. To attend live, visit Art of value.com and click events. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. My first guest is a dear friend of mine, Jimmy Yuri. If that name does not sound familiar, it's because... He's not in the limelight as a recording artist as of yet. I still think he should get a deal. But he is the, the voice behind the artists. In other words, in the military construct, so many times we give emphasis and give all the glory to the fighter pilot and the bomber pilot and the helicopter pilot. But we've got to always remember to acknowledge those who allow those pilots to fly. Those individuals are equally as important in my mind, maybe more important. And so in the world of music, it's the songwriter that really holds the entire industry together. I'm a huge Elvis Presley fan. I'm a huge Memphis, Tennessee fan. I love the blues. I love the entire history of the Sun Studios there, which was home to Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley. They recorded some of the greatest early on rock and roll music that we had ever heard. And as you walk into that studio, there's a sign above the studio door that was made by Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, and Elvis Presley. And as I understand it, they're the ones that tacked it into the wall above the door as you walk into the studio. And the sign simply says, it's about the music, stupid so that's why I have a direct love and connection to songwriters because I want to know the story behind the song, putting emphasis on that reality. It's about the music, not necessarily the performance of the music and definitely not about the artist who spends too much time in the bathroom combing his hair. So here we have Jimmy Erie. Grew up in Ohio, moved to Nashville 20 years ago reconnected with his childhood sweetheart. You don't hear that very often, but as a young man and as a young girl, they traveled the country singing in different groups and eventually reconnected in Nashville. And he married the beautiful Sonia Isaacs of the famous Christian family band, the Isaacs. And he is the proud father of three children, a six-year-old son, a two-year-old son, and a seven-month-old baby girl, a brand new baby girl. And in the last 10 years, Jimmy Urie has had number one hits and superstar status with Rascal Flatts, Kenny Chesney, Jake Owens, 
Martina McBride, if those of you who are country fans as much as I am, he and his wife Sonia wrote the song, I Will Love You Through It, about the woman who came down with cancer, and it became the theme song of Martina McBride's last tour. But most significantly to the military, and because the first part of this show was paying tribute to the soft power of the military, the families that sacrificed so that we might be free and have a show like this. In 2013, Jimmy Urie wrote the song of the year. Uh, it was called, I Will Drive, I'll Drive Your Truck. And I want to talk a little teeny bit about that story, even though we're not going to have Jimmy perform that because it's part of an earlier show that I had Jimmy on. But what I want to do is I want to bring Jimmy on the air right this second and just let me pick your brain and talk to you and do something very unique where instead of playing an MP3 file, which we may add to this recording later, I wanted Jimmy to pull out his guitar in his beautiful home there outside of Nashville and just see how we can feel and hear his fingers on the guitar strings and make it more of a of a Beatles in the studio sound instead of that clear recording sound. Jimmy, I'm babbling way too long. <laughs> Talk to me about your life, man. I want to know something. I just was with you okay. this, this weekend. You flew into town to help honor me with this Air Force Award, and I, I chose you, man. I, I, I wanted you, and then serendipitously, somebody else who was in charge of the entire organization chose you unbeknownst to me so you were meant to be here brother but i haven't ever asked you this question i want you to explain to my listeners what what is the process of writing a song how do you know when you have an idea that's worth spending time in in a studio crafting into a song and then going to the time and expense to record it how do you know when you have a song that you know you need to use your influence to share with the world well, that's a, uh, first of all, thank you for having me, Dan. I love you to pieces. And I uh, was honored that you'd have me come and uh, represent you this weekend. Um, but that's a great question. You know, uh, there's, there's lots of ways to, to do that. For me, the only way I know how to do it is I, I, I figured out when I was young that if I felt it and I expressed it, something I felt, then other people felt it. And if, if I didn't feel it, if I had to fake it or uh, it wasn't in my heart, then other people didn't seem to gravitate towards it. So, so today when I find something, uh, hear a story like I drive your truck, um, hear a story about I'm going to love you through it because of a woman who had breast cancer and didn't know how to cope with that and needed loved ones to help her get through it. When I hear a story like that, I tend to gravitate towards that, <clears throat> that honesty and, and I want to and I want to put it into words that, that move me so they move other people. So that's really the best answer I, I think I can give you is that if I feel it and I can wrap my heart around it and believe it myself and put it to a melody that matches that, which I love to do. I've just always done it. And I, I think that's when I, the light comes on. When that really, really moves me, I, I, I suspect it's going to move a lot of other people as well. Yeah, and in my experience being around your brother and knowing how we connect at so many different levels, would you would it be fair to say that you only write songs that you would want to listen to? Yes, for the most part. The so most you don't part, just yeah. spend you, you don't you know, spend your time just writing stupid stuff. You say, "Wait a minute, no, how can I how can I make all. a difference?" Okay, very cool. 
So for, for struggling or wannabe songwriters out there, teach us a process. What would you do when you wake up in the morning to make sure you've got your songwriting hat on, you've, you've connected your head with your heart, and you're looking for those stories, you're listening for the things around you. Teach us how you do that. What, what would be a routine or a pattern that we as wannabe songwriters could follow? Well, I think anybody that's, uh, that wants to be creative and, be, uh, and do the best creatively that they can do, uh, stress. I do everything I can to to um, rid myself of any drama, any stress. Um, I, I just I agree with everything Sonia says, my wife, and uh, I never argue with her. That's uh, funny. That's not that's 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 not true. But uh, but I do, yeah, yeah. But, but really I I do I, I read a lot. I try to read positive things. I try to stay around positive people, and I try to you know have clarity and and. And just a good, positive environment. I, I, I run every day. I know that stuff can sound trivial, but... Yeah, especially, but just, to, especially to those of us who save our money up for liposuction and the tummy tuck, man. Thanks for wrecking my show. <laughs> well, okay. Because well, that's, that's how I eliminate drama, man. Just give me a Diet Coke and a freaking donut and just watch people run right. by. <laughs> So, but, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I have days when I really feel like I've got it together and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, and the brain just doesn't quite work as well. But I do, I will say that when I hit a wall, and everybody hits walls, when I hit a wall, I just have to remind myself it's about the heart. It's about feeling it. We all have, uh, have our lives, our stories, and pictures that I do know that if I paint my picture, you'll see your picture. I know that the vast, vast majority of people that listen to I Drive Your Truck did not lose a loved one in Afghanistan in the war, and they didn't have a truck that they drove around to remember that loved one. The vast majority of, uh, of them did not, but millions of those people that didn't experience that specifically felt it. So I do know that if I paint my life specifically and honestly, that you will see your life uh, and, feel, and feel that emotion. So that's what I try to do. I just make sure that if I hit a wall and if I feel like I'm not uh, riding, my head's not where it should be. I put my heart where it should be. I love it. So the sign in Sun Studios in Memphis, it's about the music, stupid. May I, is it fair for us to say, Jimmy Urie, if, if you made a sign, you would probably put up, it's about the love, it's about the heart, uh, it's about service. What would you put on your I, sign above your recording studio to remind you to get your act together as you walk in and pull out your straight, your six string? If I feel it, you feel it. I think oh, that's good. <laughs> I love it. I believe so. Yeah, man. I'm, well, I'm surprised you only have three children, man. You should have like 15 or 16 <laughs> with that attitude, man. What's up with that? Well, I'm not done. I'm not done, Dan. You We're, got that uh, right. I'm I'm young. That's right. And remember, the offer goes across the world. Anybody who names their son or daughter after me, because Danny can be spelled D-A-N-I. That's good for two years of of paid-for education at the university of their choice. That's crazy. Okay, brother, let's get into it. So, So with all the turmoil going on in the world and the division in our country and families still, after all these months, are still... We still have families divided and and refusing to talk to one another based on who they voted for for President of the United States. With the shootings, with the, the, the senseless acts of violence going on all around us, 
you come out of the clear blue and use your influence in your platform and your amazing hit songwriting ability to come up with a tune that's starting to heal America. And I understand it was just released last week. Tell us about this amazing duet. Tell us about the story behind it, the title of it. And then we're privileged enough, as I said, I challenged Jimmy to put his phone a little bit further away from him than we're talking and to pull out his six string. I want the raw song and let's just see how it how it how it plays out, brother. Talk to us about this song. It's the new it's your new single, it's a duet. Give us all the details and then we'll interrupt for a second so you can catch your breath and uh, and, and play us the tune. Absolutely. Well, it never gets old. It's always wonderful when you find out that you have a song that's going to uh, go to radio, and then it's uh, equally as, as, as wonderful when it, when it does well. And this one seems to be really doing well right from the get-go. <clears throat> um, a lot of country music listeners remember a guy by the name of David Lee Murphy. And David Lee Murphy had many hits. Uh, one of his biggest songs was Dust on the Bottle huge uh huge song and and just for the rock and roll fans i don't want them to confuse him with david lee roth from van halen no 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 shame on all of us it's david lee murphy continue brother david lee murphy that's right and david just he's a fantastic uh, artist but he's been having hits as a writer for the last um 10 years just just killing it Having, I think uh, I think he's well over twenty number one songs right now, and and he's just a great singer and a great friend, and and we've been writing a bunch over the over the last um, five or six seven years, and just one day he just tells me that uh, he's going to do an album with Kenny Chesney, and I know that him and Ke- him, him and Kenny are great friends, and. He's going to do a record with Kenny, and they're going to try to put him back on radio. And then the next thing I hear, he's talking about doing a duet with Kenny. Maybe that'll be the song that they want to launch him back uh, to the public with. And next, uh, well, probably about three weeks ago, he, he calls me and says, Man, you remember that song we wrote uh, called Everything's Gonna Be All Right? And I was like, yeah. And he said, Well... Kenny put his voice on it, and we're going to put it out. They're going to try to bring me back. And I just was so excited. I mean, I, to have David Lee Murphy back on radio and to be a part of that is a huge honor for me because I've always been such a fan, and, and I just love him so much. But it came out, officially came out yesterday and had the most ads, radio ads, of any song uh, in music yesterday. And it was just a huge day. Over um, 50, right? Over 50 ads oh, in one that's day? That's correct. That's correct. And, just, and that's a big, big deal uh, for a song, and it's a good indicator of what a song's going to do. So to have this be Kenny and, and, and David's song out there on the radio right now, it's just, I can't, I can't express how gratifying that is. It's just always wonderful. And this song, of course, does have uh, um, a wonderful message. You know, I'm, I've always lived by that when things get too crazy, I just, I just take my hands off of it and I just, uh, and I just give it to God. I just do. That's just what I've always done. I, I just, I'm not smart enough. I'm not cool enough to, to figure out most things. So when it gets too crazy, I just let go of it and, and just say, God, you, uh, 
you do your thing here and, and direct me how, how you want me to, to go from here. And this song kind of does that, says that in a country boy kind of way. Because, you know, we're, we're writing for so many uh, people in country music, Christians and non-Christians alike, and, and, and different levels of belief. And so to, to dress a song up and make it give a message that says, hey, everything's going to be all right. Let's just all chill out and take a step back for a minute and remember why we're here. And I think this kind of does that. And it's definitely a feel-good song, and, and they do a wonderful job on it. Let me, uh, let me just ask you something else before you, you perform it. As we were talking here the other night, Belly to Belly, uh, it seems like you said you wrote this song a while ago, but timing, if you really believe, as Jimmy and I believe, that God has a plan and it's in God's hands or God's timing, we sometimes don't understand that. And didn't you write this song a while ago, but because of what's going on in our world, suddenly the timing is perfect to release it as a single? Yes, yeah, certainly. The, time, uh, the timing is absolutely perfect. And it was written before. How long before, ago? Uh, yes, uh, uh, probably... Uh, uh, probably two years ago. Oh so, my gosh! Yeah, well before so much of it, uh, of, of 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 the stuff out there that is going on right now, and the, and, and the tragedies, and whatever side of the aisle you you're on, or 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 whatever, it's just a, it's uh, it's just a hey, let's take a break, let's chill out, everything's gonna be fine. In the song, the guy is just having a bad day, and and seemingly a bad uh, life. Things are just not going well right now. And, and a, a woman inside of this uh, uh, establishment just kind of just tells him that uh, she points him to a sign on the wall that, uh, that just says everything's going to be all right. And it just gives him a reminder to, to, uh, to just chill and remember that everything's going to be fine. So it's a good message. And isn't that ironic that I talked about this sign at Sun Studios and I've never listened to the tune? Hmm. That's right. That's right. She rattled the ass in my plastic cup. I said, yes, ma'am, fill her up. Tell me something good that I don't know. Because this world's been kicking my behind. Life ain't been a friend of mine Lately I've been feeling kind of low And she looked back over her shoulder Pointed at the sign hanging up on the wall And said, everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna be Said that's for sure Dropped a few butts in the mason jar Felt those good old neon vibes on me And whatever monkey that was on my back He jumped off just like that Right into the deep blue sea And I look back over her shoulder 
Thinking about the sun hanging up on the wall Let's say everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna be That's awesome, Jimmy Yuri. Yeah. What a great lyric, brother. What a great song. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, and what I want my listeners to understand that Jimmy Yuri is not only a hit songwriter and a great artist and performing artist, great dad, great husband, great friend, great patriot, great American, but he's also um, an amazing human being. And so uh, I want to go to commercial break, brother. All right, so everybody listen in and just stay stay tuned for next week's show, and I'll have Jimmy and his wife Sonia on as our guest. But for right now, how do we get a hold of you? You add so much to a corporate event. You add so much in the corporate arena or special events, as you've allowed me to bring you in several times to participate in the organizations and the events that I that I'm part of. And you just you 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 kill it, man. You you knock it out of the park. How do we get a hold of Jimmy Yuri? Well, I'm uh, at Yuri Jimmy on Instagram. I'm um, at uh, Jimmy Yuri on Facebook, and and uh, yeah, you can you can reach me at. Um, I actually have an email that anybody that wants to reach me can reach me at this specific email, and that's this t h i s Jimmy Yuri at gmail dot com, and that I check that uh, frequently and uh, and correspond with that as well. So, yeah, thank you, Dan, for doing that. No, I appreciate you, and it's just, it's hilarious how it takes me always a few minutes to find you on my phone, because it's not under J, it's always under S for Stud Muffin Hunk of Burning Love, you know that. 
Okay, you're so bad, man. But let's talk. Uh, let's talk this week off the air, and let's make some plans. I can't wait to hook up with you. You're my hero, brother. Thanks for being on my show. All right, Dan. Thank you so much, buddy. Okay, God bless. This is Dan Clark, Influencers Channel, VoiceAmerica.com. We're going to commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We've got Tuck Kentuckiana Jones. Think about it, Tuck for short. And he's an expert at seeking out unusual artifacts, original artwork, antique cars, or any item of value. Tuck show the Kentuckiana Jones, the extreme treasure hunter, honors veterans. And it's described by Tuck as treasure hunting with the greatest of causes, which is to honor and support our truest heroes, our veterans. This series utilizes Tuck's treasure searches and acquisitions across all 50 states. And as an advocate, especially for Vietnam veterans, as Jimmy Urie's song so eloquently said, he, Tuck, reminds every Vietnam veteran and their families, everything's going to be all right. Let's go to commercial break and we'll be back in a moment with Kentuckiana Jones. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. 
Influence is often inherited, but more often created from our actions. The Voice America Influencers Channel brings together those who are creating and leading the way and those who will create the road from nowhere in the future. Being an influencer isn't always about being the most important person in the world. It's about being the most influential person in the world around you. A better manager, a better friend, a better marketer, or strategic planner. The Voice America Influencers Channel is about becoming better and earning influence. Be an influencer. Join us today. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. I hope you've been with us the entire first hour of my show because I had... I just had to get it off my chest to pay tribute to the military in a different way. Yes, we're taking care of ISIS and eliminating them from the face of the earth, and we're doing our best to fight the war on terrorism outside of America. That's the idea, to fight there so that we don't have to fight it at home, even though we still have a few wackos who live amongst us. But I paid tribute to the soft power of the military where they are focused in on the humanitarian aspects of service before self, where we have built schools and we've built libraries and we've packed them full of donated books and we've built hospitals and we've trained militias and military uh, leaders and civic leaders and we've conducted free elections and we've just tried to help these countries through our military become strong and sovereign nations. And because our military is so focused in on the humanitarian side of war, not just the bullets and bombs, but the winning of the hearts and minds of the people so they know we're the good guys. In other words, when Russia invaded Afghanistan, they burned the villages. They just machine gunned down the citizens. They poisoned the wells. And when America came in, we drilled new wells, we built the villages, we honored the families, we honored the the leaders and the elders and the tribal culture that they had. And we've been building back this amazing country. And the same thing holds true in Iraq and everywhere else we've been in the world. And then the tragedy hits at home when our soldiers and Marines and airmen and sailors return back to America after having given it everything they've got when less would be sufficient, having so many of them given the ultimate sacrifice of leaving their lives on the battlefield. And these these soldiers, Marines, airmen, and sailors who do survive the war, who come back, sometimes we don't honor them as the heroes they are, not just the heroes they were, the heroes they continue to be, reminding us that this is the land of the, of, of the free because of the brave. And because my heart, it just, it just aches when I see a veteran who's homeless on the street, and there's way too many. One is more than enough. One is more than too many, but we have thousands. 
when we hear that so many veterans, 22 a day, are taking their lives and completing their suicides because they don't feel needed anymore and they they feel lost in our communities. I think it's about time that in any situation and every day of our lives, we interact with someone who's courageous enough to stand up and always remind us to never forget our veterans, especially those from the Vietnam War era. Personally, I love in every military setting, I love to remind the world that the reason why the Berlin Wall came down in 1989 was because our brave men and women fought in Vietnam. And the reason why the Soviet Union collapsed and Glasnost was completely underway by 1991, which brought down the Soviet Union and ended the Cold War, is because we had men and women fight in Vietnam to send the message to the communists, to send the message to the world that there really is a line in the sand. And yet so many of our Vietnam vets don't believe that they did anything right. They don't believe that their cause was, was, was that they paid the price that would eventually bring peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And so I meet this gentleman, this Tuck Jones, this Kentucky Anna Jones, who's more handsome than Indiana Jones. He's got a Southern drawl, so he's more fun to listen to than Indiana Jones. And because he's an extreme treasure hunter who honors our veterans, I thought it would be so blooming appropriate to have him on for the show today for over 30 minutes, not just a quick little one segment talk, but to figure out what drives this man to make a difference at every aspect of his life. He's an, he's an entertainer, he's a celebrity, but uses his platform as an influencer, the theme of this, this channel, the influencer channel. Tuck Jones uses his influence to bring to light the perilous journey of some of our vets. And I know that by the time we get through shooting the bull here for a few minutes, uh, that every one of you within the sound of my voice is going to want to help support his causes and hopefully get involved with the with the awareness of, of the plight of so many of our veterans that we as citizens need to step up and assist with. So Tuck is a passionate supporter of those who valiantly served in the U.S. Armed Forces. He honors America's bravest by donating his acquired treasures to Veterans Soil Project, which we're going to find out about. It's a program that honors fallen heroes by planting hundreds of living memorial trees grown from collected soil where veterans now rest. The gathered sacred soil will be maintained at Tuck's Museum in an honorable place on the grounds. Once soil gathering from all 50 states is complete, the project will culminate with veteran soil living memorial trees planted on America's governor's grounds and at the White House. In case you're curious, you can visit www.veteransoilproject.com. The gentleman's name, the real name is Tuck. Tuck Jones, but he wants to be known as Kentuckiana Jones, and I want to figure out why. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an honor, good brother, and speak slowly so we can understand the Southern drawl. How you doing, my friend? 
<laughs> yeah, you know what, Dan? You, you talked about an introduction, brother. You know how to bring it on, don't you? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm sure I, I, I forgot to ask you off air if you were married or single, but regardless, you're, you're, I just sucked up to you in a way. You're going to be driving a new truck from every lady in your life after that intro. <laughs> God, God bless you, Dan, and thank you for all that you do. And uh, your legend precedes you, brother. I'm telling you what, you talk about a... You talk about a statesman and a and a guy that's uh, uh, that that has his heart right with the veterans, and I'm proud to be on the show with you, Dan Clark, and and just just real honored and and appreciative appreciative to be here. I'm going to try to talk slow. I get excited and I'm passionate. You're so funny. And, You're so funny. <laughs> and next thing it's, you know, away we go. But it's it's just it's you know we're we're in a very uh, yeah. the times we're in now. I can tell you this. Back probably six, seven, eight weeks ago, we're covered up busy, Dan. We're covered up busy. We're opening up Treasure Vault TV this Thanksgiving, um, and Treasure Vault TV is going to have a lot of very inspirational and a lot of fun and reality-type shows on their family-type channel. And um, But if you, if you look at Treasure Vault closely, it'll say Treasure Vault TV of Treasures and Veterans, and the, the, our greatest treasure of all is our veterans. That's our take with this thing. Uh, we the, the treasures that we find across America, we found on shows over the years and, and on our journey across America, we've always made it clear or simply, simply to be used as a tool to honor our greatest treasure of all, our, our veterans. And it's to me, this situation which you can, uh, you know, the situation with the NFL, this kneeling situation, I was about to say a while ago, um, it, just, it just astounds me. It just blows my mind that uh, these guys that are making, for the most part, gigantic salaries uh, that are very blessed, yes, they're great athletes, and they've earned their, their athleticism and their position in pro sports. That's wonderful. But they're not heroes. Uh, our, finest, our, our finest, our armed forces are our true heroes. But yet, all the money that they make, Dan, I can't understand why they can't get some kind of advisor, some kind of advisor to start a foundation for them but the, the thought process, whatever their stand is, I'm not uh, saying I'm for, believe, or disbelieve their stand, be it police brutality or, or racial inequality, that's fine. This is America. Because of our veterans, they've got a right to make that stand. But I don't know where their advisors are telling them, hey, why don't you take your money and get your foundation, but don't dishonor our nation's finest when you're turning your back to our anthem and our flag and staying back in your locker room and taking a knee. I say if you're going to take a knee, take a hike. That's what I say about yeah. Dan. So. I agree. And, and this is interesting. You know, <clears throat> as a professional speaker, I teach public speaking at a university I have for the last 10 years. And I use an inverted triangle to teach people how to become a public speaker because we have to answer three questions in every audience, one-on-one, one-on-ten in a boardroom, one-on-ten-thousand in an arena. And the first question is, why should I listen to you? It's the credibility piece. It's, have you done it? Are you currently doing the que- The question number two is, can I do it too with my weaknesses, with my limitations, with my strengths, with my situation? And I want the listeners to understand that that I've never served in a military uniform, and yet I am such a fan of the military, and I, I take pride in being called a patriot. And, Tuck, you've never served in a uniform, and yet you are a patriot. You're one of America's finest, and you want to well, focus your life on honoring our military. And so, 
can every listener take what you are teaching us, brother, and and take it to the streets, take it to our churches, take it to our schools, and do what you're doing? I say yes. Teach us about what yeah. you're doing. Uh, absolutely, Dan. Let me, and let me, since you're pointing that out, this is this is what amazes me, and I call it, Dan, I call it the Whiffles, uh, the W-I-I-F-M. I love America, brother, like you do, from my heart. And I can tell you many stories from the road that I had this vision in my mind of how patriotic, how patriotic that we were as Americans and how well we supported our veterans and all this. And when it was a stark reality when I got out there and realized that it wasn't the way that I thought that it was. Now, I can tell you some stories about that, but the Whiffens, W-I-I-F-M. We've become, and I love America. When I say this, I say it with love, but we've got to, we've got to make a lot of changes. We've become a push-button society. We've become a have-and-a-have-now society. We're teaching our youth that everything is just arms length away, a token entitlement, and, and the whippums. What's in it for me? Whip I mm. used to be an HR director of a Fortune 200 company uh, for many years and used to teach that a lot with the management staff is, we got to get get away from the whiffum attitude. What's in it for me? Now you pointed out, Dan, a while ago, that you never served in the military, and I haven't either. And that's the reason I want to bring this up. It amazes me, since I've been on the road, Dan. All right, we had a thirty-one month period, two hundred and seventy-nine thousand one miles across America, driving and filming and filming with veterans and doing veteran soil project and dedication ceremonies from Daytona to New York to all across America. It amazed me with this whip attitude in America nowadays, how many people came up to me when I was speaking on stages, uh, when I was at events, and would, they would ask me this question all the time. Tuck, Tuck, you haven't served in the military. Why are you so concerned about the military? Why do you do that? And it amazes me to where we're at in America, the whip attitude, what's in it for me, is that we seemed a country that was built on the melting pot, bringing together all together, Ellis Island, the Statue of Liberty, a country that was built on sacrifice. Uh, we make a living by what we earn or get, yet we make a life by what we give. Help your fellow man, help your fellow lady. A country that was built on self-sacrificing, it amazed me, and this is not kicking anybody in the paints that says this, but I'm thinking, where are we at with a mentality of that if we're not getting something out of it, that we can't be patriotic, that we can't be appreciative, that we can't... Every day I get up in the land of milk and honey. I'm not saying it's all cookies and cream. I'm not saying that I agree with the government and everything they've done the last decade. I'm not saying that... But I am saying this. At the end of the day, because of our nation's finest, I can get up and... Live freely, freely, make choices, live in the land of the free. And those people, those people are bravest every day serving on foreign fields 24-7 around the clock. Every second of every minute of every hour. It's not like the NFL in a football game. You have a bad hike, you have a bad assignment on defense or offense, you mess up, they score a touchdown. You don't get that forgiveness when you're playing the war game versus the game of a letter ball. You understand? Absolutely. And, so, and I, I've known a lot of professional athletes. And with due respect to them, I loved how you paid tribute to their athleticism. 
But the only one I even know of, and I'm sure there's a Pittsburgh Steeler who is a Marine. I saw the, the photos and the, the story chronicling him standing there with his hand over his heart and trying to yeah, fit up, in again in a politically correct way, saying, wait a minute, I, I didn't know my team, I didn't know I was going to be seen. But he's still a Marine, and he still stood at attention with his hand over his heart while his teammates wussed out in the locker room. But yeah. Pat Tillman from the from the from the Cardinals, from late uh, Leland High School in San Jose, California, one of my great teammates when I played ball. He was from Leland High School, and I paid attention to Pat Tillman. These are the in only two that I can yeah. yeah, and these are the only two that I can even I can recall or honor that had the guts to run towards the sound of the guns. These prima donnas out on the football field, they just need to understand what you said. But I'd like to add to that that it's work. And if I have somebody who's a distraction at my work, if you have a a, a voluptuous woman come into work in a bikini, if you have a man come into work dressed inappropriately or they're using vulgarities or telling bad things, bad words – if there's sexual harassment, sexual assault going on, that's work. That's a distraction. You eliminate them from the workplace because they're a distraction. These yeah. NFL players are at work. Why can't they understand that? And I loved your passive suggestion, brother, with all politically correctness in, in place, that they should have hired someone to give them better advice than to disrespect our, our flag and disrespect our national anthem, which is always tied to our military. Oh, Dan, let me let me tell you something. On Tuck Talk about two weeks ago, John, John Hewitt, the uh, founder and owner, your good friend, my good friend of Cardio Miracle, which is a, a sponsor with us, tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, Christian and man and a tre- tremendous product that he's got that's going to be helping with uh, veterans with PTSDs and Agent Orange and blood pressure issues, this type yep. of thing. John, with, the nitric, with, the, with the nitric oxide science available, yeah. which really opens up our blood vessels, increases blood flow. It's amazing. And I'll have John back on the program. I've had him once before. Sorry, Tuck. I just wanted everybody to remember oh, that. Yeah, Amen, brother, because he's got a tremendous product. And the reason he came and spent five days with me about two weeks ago uh, talking about being a sponsor with our channel because he is a giver and his heart is right. And he's wanting to be able to help the veterans. He's wanted to for years. He's got a product that can do that now. And, and so, but he came, as, he was with me at Tuck Talk about two weeks ago. And I'll give you the example. And he was there with me. Uh, we have a little Tuck Talk show that we do on Sundays on our Facebook page. We started doing it with the NFL. And this is what I said there, is you do not get a free pass by error of omission. You quarterbacks, Tom Brady, uh, the, the most famous one probably of all times, okay? Any of these quarterbacks, you do not get a free pass. You're quarterbacking your team, okay? Now, you don't get to go in there and go home at night after the game. Well, I'm patriotic. I support the veterans. I just don't say anything, really. Was that how you want our veterans to do towards us? So watch this. The miracle on ice is the example I used two weeks ago when John is with me. And the coach, you'll remember this, Dan. The coach, I believe, was Brooks. And one of the great players... Uh, that defeated the Russians in the Olympics for the gold medal in ice hockey. It was a Ruzion. And if you've never watched the show about the miracle on ice, you better watch it because this is the example I used for the NFL. And Brooks, and I'm going to speed this thing up, but Brooks takes the American team exhibit before the Olympics, okay, 
and I believe that they were in Nor- there was the Norwegians. They were playing in Norway against the Norwegian team. Okay, so they go there on exhibition. He's got all these players from all these colleges. They're all hot shot superstars. They got their name on their back and everything. And when he was training them before, he says the name on the front of that jersey is far more important than the name on the back of it. He couldn't get them to understand him, Dan. He couldn't get them to understand him. So they lollied around the gold medal team. They were doing the exhibitions in Norway against the Norwegians. They're sitting there in this game, and it's tied one-to-one. And Brooks is walking across the back where the players are sitting while the other players are on the ice, and he's listening to them. Hey, you see that blonde over in B.C.? He's sitting beside a B.D.? Yeah, we're going to party tonight. Hey, you see, nobody's paying attention to the game. They're happy to be tied one-to-one against the Norwegian team, okay? And he's walking. You can see his face getting red. Brooks, the coach, he's got an assistant coach there with him, and he knows his temper. He's walking back and forth, and the game is over, one-to-one tie. Well, all the players are all excited. They're running to the locker room. They're ice skates to go get the shower because they're going to party that night. He goes over, Brooks, goes over to his assistant coach that sometimes questions him, and he says, Bring them back on the ice. He says, excuse me? He said, put them back on the ice. He says, okay. He said, get your whistle, blow the whistle, and put them on the line. Puts them on the line, Dan, at the far end. You know what a line drill is, right, Dan? Oh, (laughs) yeah, and I remember the scene in the movie, too. This is awesome. Yeah, now watch this. Watch this. He puts them on the line, Dan, and you're on ice skates. You just had a three-hour game, and there's about eight to ten lines you got to hit, he looks over the assistant coach and he goes, blow the whistle. And they're like, what? What? He says, blow the whistle. Hit every line. And they're like, oh, man, are you kidding me? You know? And boom, 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 boom. They go eight or ten times. They get back to the end. They're all, their tongues are hanging out. They're mad. Their faces are red. They're sweating. He looks down at them, waiting for them to say something. Nobody says anything. He looks back over to the assistant again and he says, Blow the whistle. The coach, even the assistant coach, starts shaking his head. He's like, he says, blow the whistle. He does this about four or five times in a row. The guy that's the manager over the ice rink in Norway comes out on the ice. He goes, uh, sir, we got to lock up. We got to clean the ice. We got to clean the ice. We got to lock up. And he says, give me the key. <laughs> he says, give me the key. He goes, I got to give you the key. Give me the key. Give me the key. I lock the place up. He goes, oh, God, you're crazy. He goes walking off. He looks at the assistant coach. Brooks looks at the assistant coach, and he says, blow the whistle. He runs them three more times. Their tongues are hanging out. Their helmets are falling off. They're dropping their sticks. They're kicking. They're cussing. They're whining. The manager of the ice rink goes to the back of the arena, and he pulls the plug with the lights. Boom, it's dark. Now, you're going to love this, Dan. Our crowd's going to love this. He pulls the plug. It's dark. The, the players are like, thank God. They're all their skates. They start going towards the side to go to the locker room, and the assistant coach go with them. And he goes, ho, 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 back on the line. And they're like, what? Back on the line. He looks at the assistant coach, and he goes, blow the whistle. And the assistant coach is even like, this is too much. It's too much. It's too much. And he looks at him again. He said, blow the whistle. He goes, blow the whistle. Finally, the coach hesitantly blows the whistle. And when he blows the whistle, they do the line drill again. They come back to the other end. They're dropping their sticks. They're about to pass out. All right? People are sitting around in the stands that hadn't left yet watching like, what in the world? 
and he looks down at him, and a Ruzioni's sitting there. He's gasping for air. He comes out about a foot for the other players, and he goes, Coach, Coach, my name is Michael Ruzioni, and I come to the University of Massachusetts, but I play for the USA. And the coach kind of smirks and grins, and he's – and all the players come up behind him and start saying the same thing. He says, go take a shower. Now, this is what I say, Dan, the reason I use this story for the NFL. Blow the whistle. You can't go in that locker room with your 50 or 60 other players and your coaches. and your You're a house of cards that's going to fall. If you think that you can put blinders on, if you think that you can be the voice of silence, you can go home and tell your wife or your girlfriend or your family, I'm patriotic, I love the veterans, I just can't say anything to my teammates. Are you kidding me? You're supposed to be Tom Brady. I challenged Brady two weeks ago. I said, blow the whistle. You're a leader. You're a quarterback for our country. Blow the whistle because this is not going to stop. We have veterans sitting in Afghanistan during the Super Bowl, which I now call the Super Ho, because yeah. I won't be watching it. And you go over these tents, you go over these tents, Dan, and you see them celebrating for their team and stuff. And you're going to tell me that you're going to sit and drop your knee and turn your back, or you're not going to stand up and say I'm calling you out. You're not. You're you're on my team. We're a team that plays here that has our freedom to do this because of America's greatest, truest heroes that sacrificed for us. I'm making, as Tom Brady, 107 armed forces, Dan, combined salaries together after serving four years makes combined the salary of Tom Brady a year. 107. Blow the whistle. Okay, so I remember you telling me that stat last week. I want you to repeat that again. I want everybody to write this down. Everybody remember this to put it into perspective. What is? What did you just say again? 107 of our art to show you what Dan's saying put in perspective, get our priorities straight. 107 <clears throat> armed forces members serving four year service their combined salaries is right about at the exact same salary that Tom Brady makes a year as a quarterback playing a football game and drop your knee and you don't stand strong. You or any other football player, you don't have to be the ones in your knees. You should be standing strong for our nation's finest. That gives and you Bra- the rights to do what you do. And Brady, th- and Brady thinks heavy drama is being accused of deflate gate. Give me a uh, tissue. Well, I, can tell him, I can tell him this, Dan, is the flight ball, the flight gate, and all that kind of what they're doing, and this is what irritates me, and this is why we're standing so, so strong. We're, we're battling over this. And that's another reason we're having this run starting the first year in 2018 across America, honoring our nation's finest and the 2,996 victims and families that died in 911. But you want to talk about deflating? Can you imagine that you're sitting over there in Afghanistan? You don't get to sleep. Every second may be your last second. You didn't get to go home and see your grandfather buried. You didn't get to see your baby born. You didn't get to see, and you're sitting over there, and then you're an NFL fan, let's say, of the Patriots, for example, and you're watching this fiasco with a Steelers stand in the locker room. You know what? You know who's celebrating, Dan? If Osama bin Laden was still living, thank God he's not, thanks to our armed forces. All right? But if he was still living, he'd be having a Super Bowl right now because the terrorism and all the terrorists and ISIS, this is a dream to them because they know the NFL is breaking, trying to break morale 
and dividing our country, can you imagine that you're a military person sacrificing everything with a blank check with your life over there, and you're watching these bunch of hypocrites dropping the knee to you in our anthem? No, sir, I don't think so. No, sir. Yeah, just into perspective, I don't want to pile on the NFL, but 78% of NFL players are flat bankrupt and broke within three and a half years after retirement. And 10 years ago, when the first internship was offered to NFL players in the offseason by a retail company, a very famous one that I will re- remain, that will remain anonymous. They surveyed the NFL, and the average reading level of the NFL players is seventh grade. That's sad. And yet we're putting That's them on, on, on pedestals as heroes. And I'm not slamming the NFL. And you realize that regardless if you're black or white or Asian or Native American, it doesn't matter your creed. It doesn't matter your religion or non-religion. It does not matter your gender. When you go 10 yards on a football field, they don't change the rules in the middle of the game. You don't change horses in the middle of the stream. You go 10 yards, you get a first down. When you score a touchdown, you get six points. There are certain absolutes that when we obey this specific rule or law, we have an opportunity and usually a guarantee that we will reap the reward. And when we disobey a specific law, there's always an opportunity and usually uh, a, 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 a guarantee that not an opportunity, but a guarantee that we will suffer a specific consequence for our disobedience. And I only say that because there are certain absolutes. Some things are true, whether you believe them or not. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but nobody's entitled to the wrong facts. And no, we should never believe everything that we think when it comes to honoring our flag, standing for the Star Spangled Banner, and realizing that regardless of what any prima donna believes, those elements and those symbols of America are directly tied to every single man and woman who's ever worn a uniform, and especially those men and women who died and gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we may live. You know what? In the military, we give medals to those who are willing to sacrifice themselves so that others may live. And in business, and obviously now in sports, we see that they give bonuses to those who are willing to sacrifice others so that they may survive. It's pathetic. Everybody that I know that's trying to be politically correct either stays silent, like you've been mentioning, Tuck, or they're afraid to speak out. And I can support the the, the opportunities to, to protest. And yes, obviously, we have some police brutality, but obviously, most of the police officers and peace officers across our country are law-abiding, wonderful human beings who are fathers, who are husbands, who are wives, who are sons and daughters, who uphold the law. And now we've showcased just one or two bad cops, and everybody's making such a big deal about it. Well, hmm. Yeah, and I'm like you, Dan. I'm not here. Hey, you've got, they've got every right because our nation's finest fought and kept our country free. These NFL players that make these big salaries, they've got every right. If they believe there's racial inequality or police brutality, that's fine. Get you a foundation, but don't step over the stupid line to dishonoring our nation's finest and our anthem and our flag. Look here, my friend. We've had 30 wars since Washington crossed the Delaware in 1776 for America on Christmas Day against the Haitians and pulled off a miracle win, which is why we're here today. 
George Washington did. But we've had 30 wars in the history of America. 29 of those wars, 29 of those wars lost over half a million American lives in that fight, those fights. Now, what's this? Now, what's this? Now, the, the one war that lost more lives than the other 29 wars combined in the history of America is guess what war? Take a wild stab, Ben. Uh, my statistics, I think it was World War II because we lost 30,000 people a day during World it's War a, II. A, well, it's a good guess, but the, the war that we lost, the, the war that we lost the most Americans in, that we lost more Americans than all 29 other combined, was a civil war. Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. We, yeah. lost, we, lost, we lost more Americans' lives in the Civil War than all other 29 wars in the history of America since 1776 combined. Here's the reason, Dan, that I make this point. Because we are supposed to be all for one and one for all, the melting pot. We are supposed to be brothers and sisters united, not races, not parties, not Democratic, not Republic, not Tea Party, not red, white, black, blue, whatever. We're all God's children. We're supposed to be like Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty, a melting pot. Now, what happens when I mentioned a while ago about ISIS and these type of things, what takes place when you start dividing our country and you start and you start infighting? Well, when you start infighting like that, you're starting to weaken our position. Then you start losing focus. You can say yes, you can say no. But it's interesting to me, and I'm not blaming the NFL for this. We had New York last week. We had Texas last week. Uh, we had Las Vegas two to three weeks ago. And believe me, believe me, ISIS loves when we start infighting and have these situations of unpatriotic illustrations going on in our what was considered, which are not heroes, because it starts diverting focus away from what we should be focusing on. And then you're, you're more prey and open for terrorist attacks, these type things. So we have got to. We have got to become one again. The NFL is going to have to stand up and blow the whistle. The owners, they're a private entity group. When they set their cleats on that turf in those big stadiums, that's private. They've got every every right to fire, discipline, and do whatever. There's no excuses. And Goodell, Goodell, when he came out about two weeks ago and he says, you know, I think we're going to put back into place like 50A and 50A1 two or three years ago. We're going to come back and put back in place that says that you should honor the anthem and the flag with your helmet to your side, your hand on your heart. And then he backed down five days later. And he came out five days later and said, we're just going to think about football. Well, that's mighty convenient, Mr. Goodell, because while we're losing lives on foreign soils and you're just going to think about football, your 14 to $16 billion industry, that one player makes more than 107 armed forces combined after four years of service. No, I think you better be thinking about the red, white, and blue, brother. I agree. And and Abraham Lincoln was so famous for quoting the Bible when he said, a house divided against itself shall not stand. Shall not stand. I know that's part of the team concept, 
But you know what? When you put a hard-to-catch horse in the same field with an easy-to-catch horse, most of the time you end up with two hard-to-catch horses. When you put a healthy child in the same room with a sick child, most of the time you end up with two sick children. When you put put a (laughs) non-patriotic, you know, spoiled prima donna bum in a locker room and he starts talking and people are afraid to stand up for what they believe by going silent – and suddenly it becomes an NFL movement. That's cancer, my friend, and it's cancerous. That's destroying our one of our greatest pastimes. I love football. Oh, I love football more than any other sport on this planet. I played it for thirteen years, and now they've made it political. Shame on them! Wake I, I, up, I NFL! Wake up! Amen, brother. And I knew that you played football, and I love it too. I, nothing would make me any happier because in life and as Christians. If you cannot forgive, you can't be forgiven. Nothing would thrill me anymore for them to stand up and say, we've made a big mistake here, and we want redemption. We want to do right. We're going to clean this whole thing up. And because then I might consider watching a game again. Otherwise, I'll never watch another one. But I call them, what I call them is the NFL, the Not for Loyalty League. And I'm different than you. I'm slamming them. I'm slamming them because it amazes me. It amazes me, the arrogance, the ungratefulness that they're showing. And then when you look up, Dan, and this just happens to be the one that's really me right now because this one really is because they came against our veterans and our flag is the way I see it. But then when you start looking in the classroom, because it runs downhill, brother, and we've had about 20 to 30 kids in the last seven days in three states set down to the Pledge of Allegiance in the classroom because their parents haven't taught them what a real hero is, our nation's finest, our veterans. They've made know, but you know what's so sick? Yeah. What's sick from a sports perspective, you're yeah. seeing it in high schools and Little League games where these players kneel down during the Star Spangled Banner. Obviously, it's never performed, usually never performed in Little League, but at high school games and college games, they think that this is the, the, the way to protest. I have not watched an NFL game since... You know, I, I, I don't think anyone should be a 49ers fan with, with Colin... Copper Dick, no Copper Dick or whatever his name is. I can't even spell it right. To have him start something like this and make him a spokesperson. Oh my goodness, America is going. Uh, America's sporting world is going downhill fast if we're having him speak for us. That's just ridiculous. Hey, let's take a commercial break before my radio station gets blown up by the psychos <laughs> and, uh, and, and come right back. My guest is Tuck Jones, affectionately known as Kentuckiana Jones, because he's an expert at seeking out unusual artifacts, original artwork, antique cars, or any item of value. I think we ought to come back and lighten up the conversation a little bit and talk about you as this amazing, uh, kind of treasure hunter and uh, then tie it back into veteran soil project let's come back this is dan clark voiceamerica.com no it's not the anti-nfl network it's speaking clearly about what needs to be said when we choose the way in which we have that right to protest let's make america great again i can't believe i even said that on the air but we must do our part (laughs) Let's go to commercial break, and we'll be right back to take us to the end of the hour with Kentucky Anna Jones. Right on, brother. Right on.
Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com again that's jeff spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com voice america is where you are and where you want to be join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. My guest, guest, is, guest is Tuck Jones, affectionately known as Kentuckiana Jones, because he's an expert at, at treasure hunting. And he's had an amazing run on the air. And I'm sure so many of you know who he is. And I want you to be able to... Um, Go on demand and uh, and share this podcast with anyone who is not willing to stand up for what they believe in. So, you know, sometimes it's not about who's right. Most of the time it's not about who's right. It's about what's right. And everybody can have their opinion about this or that. And, yes, it's a First Amendment right for us to have freedom of speech and freedom of religion. We know that. Freedom to protest. It's a God-given right in America and an inalienable right given to us and guaranteed by the Constitution. But at some point, we've got to use our common sense and our sense of patriotism to America 
before we decide what vehicle we're going to use to protest and put our message out. And I don't know about you as my listeners, but um, what the NFL has done in taking a knee has divided our country. It's pissed off so many sports fans because you're dragging politics into a a, a sport, an event that's supposed to allow us to relax and escape our world and enjoy the competition at the highest level, and you've screwed it up. So on my on my show, we have Kentucky Anna Jones, and I want to lighten up the conversation and just take us to how did you become this treasure hunter? And then we'll tie it back into how people can get involved in supporting your veteran soil living memorial trees project, if you will. So just just talk to us a little bit about your background and how in the world did you start treasure hunting? You know, it was funny, Dan. I was a I was a treasure hunter um, when I was a kid. Literally, I mean, it's and I'll give you a funny story real quick because they're making. I've had some people out of New York over the last six months. They're doing a book and they're talking about making a movie out of this. And this is how the movie would start. You're talking about back in the seventies, and you remember all those shows, Journey to the Earth's Core, and all these all these movies that was out this type of thing. So I got this I got this image in my head that if you made it to the center of the earth, that you're going to find all this gold and everything. This is young kid in the late 60s, early 70s. And back in the days where you wore those in baseball, we played baseball, Little League baseball. We had the old white wool uniforms that would burn you up, just sweat you to death. So we're sitting on Kentucky Street. I lived on Kentucky Street in Kentucky. And we've got, we'd finished a baseball game, and it was in the afternoon, and we had our friends there, Todd and our relatives, Todd and Timmy and... Kevin and Garth and Greg, and we were out there pitching baseball and everything, and we had watched this show, The Journey to the Earth's Core, and I'd watched this other treasure show the week before, and I'm sitting there throwing the baseball out in the, you know, the hot summertime sun, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, hmm, that ditch out there on Kentucky Street, if I could get them to dig down deep enough, get these guys to dig deep enough, I could get them down to the Earth's Core, and we're going to find some gold. And so, I get this idea in my head, and they're going to start this movie off like this, and my mother made notes of all this and everything, so I get this idea in my head, and I'm thinking, what can I do to make all these guys in the morning at sunrise start digging and dig deeper, deeper, deeper? So the grandparents next door call the kids in the house to go in and eat and everything, and, all the, and I said, everybody meet me. Meet me in the morning at sunrise at the ditch out here. We're going to find some treasures and some goat. So we go into the house, and I go into my nickel, my nickel diamond, my nickel diamond penny drawer. Okay, and I've got a jar in there. It's got nickels, dimes, and pennies. And I get, I get this change, and I go get the hose, and I go out to the ditch in Kentucky Street, and I start digging a hole. And I dig a hole down about three or four foot deep. So I took my nickels and dimes and pennies and I threw on the bottom of that hole. And I pushed some dirt in on top of it, about six inches. I threw some more chains in there. I pushed some more dirt back in. I threw some more chains in there. Pushed some more. So I bring the hole back full again. But every six inches, I peppered it with nickels, dimes, and pennies. Right, Dan? <laughs> so, so I've got this big idea. I've got this big idea at sunrise. I'm going to get the guys. I'm going to inspire them. And the more they find, the more they'll dig. So I come out there and grab the rakes, hose, and everything. I've got all my buddies and my cousins out in the ditch at sunrise on Kentucky Street. And they start digging. By the time they get done, we've got a hole down about six or seven foot deep. 
in in Kentucky Street down in the trenches, and they just kept wanting to dig deeper because they kept finding nickels, dimes, and pennies, and I had them convinced they gonna, that they are going to find gold, right? I love it. I love it. We're, we're yeah. running out of time, brother, so I conclude this, and then I want to conclude our show on a real, a real positive note there. So how did that end? <laughs> how that ended is uh, we didn't find gold, and they realized I peppered the hole, so, <laughs> so I was a treasure hunter back then. But anyway, I got nicknamed Kentuckiana Jones over in West in, in West Virginia, India, in the Indiana Indiana area a few years ago, because an old guy that I was trading with, he said, uh, he says, you know what? He says you're obsessed with that museum of yours. He said, do you remind me? This is just a real short part of this story. I had two pieces that he wanted for me. We was doing some trading, and uh, he said, you're obsessed with that museum of yours. He said, you remind me of a modern-day Indiana Jones. And he, he said, I want both of those pieces you brought, these amber pieces, these Asian amber pieces that you're going to trade. And I said, no. I said, I will, uh, I'll, tr- I'll see this one for cash because I'm tired, of, I'm tired of sleeping in my truck. And I said, I want to keep the other from my museum. And he says to me, he says, you, you crack me up. He said, you remind me of a modern-day Indiana Jones. He says, I always get what I want. He's a real rich guy. And I said, well, sir, this will, be the first, this will be the first time that you don't. He says, no, you don't understand. Huh. He says, I always get what I want. And I said, well, uh, you can want in one hand and so-so in the other hand and see which one fills up first, okay? Oh, that's <laughs> no, fine. Not being now. He goes, you crack me up. He says, you really crack me up. He says, you remind me of the modern-day Indiana Jones. He said, and you being from Kentucky Street, living on Kentucky Street, being an athlete, University of Kentucky, yeah, he said, he's Catholic. He said, on this day, he said, he hit me on the shoulder. He said, I christen you, Kentuckiana Jones. I love it. We have to wind yeah. up right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking to Tuck Jones, known as Kentuckiana Jones, who sets an example with with every fiber of his body to represent himself and influence the world on any platform in the corporate arena when he was involved with the Fortune 200 company or now as a treasure hunter with his own television show. Thanks so much for reminding us about honoring our veterans and uh, doing what's right, even when we have an opportunity to protest. Remember that it's the soldier that gave us that right to protest. God bless our military. Until we meet again next week, this is Dan Clark, Influencers Channel on voiceamerica.com. Go to my website, danclark.com. Click on Receive Free Gifts and Training, and let's join my tribe and keep in touch. Thanks, Tuck. Have a great day. God bless us, and remember our military in your prayers. God bless, and thank you, Dan, for having me on. Thank, thank, you, you, thank you so much. Thanks, right, man. Amen. Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success.